preach long this morning, but I want to talk to you on this subject. Fasting is hungering for God. Fasting is hungering for God. And that sounds so simple, but when you understand that hunger is so critical and that doesn't mean anything to you now, but it will mean something to you in a few hours and it will mean something to you by this afternoon. You're going to, you're going to dip. And by tonight, you're going to be so hungry, you'll want to eat your pillow when you lay your head down. You, you, you don't understand that the hunger is actually hungering for God. Fasting is hungering for God. And I want to take you to an Old Testament story in 2 Kings chapter 7. And I'm not going to read it right now, but they'll, they'll make biblical references. But I'm going to use that in just a moment. But I want to tell you that when you fast, some things that you probably need to expect, that, that at some point the fun wears off. At some point it becomes a grind. At some point you begin to hear the voice, what's the use? This is stupid. This is, this is not... And don't you know Jesus felt that 40 days in the wilderness and he didn't eat anything for 40 days. Don't you know Elijah? Don't you know Paul who did a 14-day fast? Don't you know Peter who did a three-day fast and many fastings? They all probably because your emotions dip. You, you, feel, you feel extreme highs. You feel wonderful at times and days. And then there's times when all hell's breaking loose or something happens and you hit a bottom like you can't believe. And that's when the enemy will whisper, they got you all amped up in that service. You didn't hear from God. This is stupid. You're four days into this thing and nothing's happened. But remember what it's about. It's about drawing close to him. When you get him, if you seek first him, all these other things will be added to your life. Open doors, favor, blessing, incredible opportunities that only God can make happen. I know what I'm talking about. It's been the key to everything God has done in this ministry. But fasting is hungering for God. It is the very grumble of your stomach and hungering when you want to quit the most. That is the time that the fast is being most effective. Not only is God taking notice of you, but Satan is taking notice of you when you're fasting. There is in your body something called ghrelin. G-H-R-E-L-I-N. Ghrelin, in, in the simplest way that I can say it, is what makes your stomach growl. H have you ever been sitting? Maybe it's about to happen now already. And this growl comes up and it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing noise that comes from the middle of your body and you have absolutely no control over it. Well, ghrelin is this, um, it, it's this hormone. It's called the hunger hormone that causes your stomach to growl and it's also what triggers the feeling of hunger in your body. Nobody has to go around and try to remember to be hungry because you have ghrelin and ghrelin assaults you about once every two or three hours. And he, it grumbles and it makes you know that you need to eat. It's that growling noise in your body that will only stop embarrassing you if you feed it a Twinkie, if you feed it a cookie, if you give it a cheeseburger, it'll calm down. 
And get used to that because you're going to hear it a lot over the next few days. Nobody tries to, tries to remember to eat because you have hunger hormones that stir you up all through the day and say, feed me. You haven't eaten lunch. You haven't eaten breakfast. Feed me. Feed me. How many of you have good grilling that works? Say amen. amen. So here's what I'm saying to you. By this time tomorrow, if you do this fast with us, you're going to think that God is recreating the miracle that he did in the book of Joshua when he made the sun stand still. It's going to feel like the day is not moving and you're going to look at your watch and you're going to think it's got to be 6.30 in the afternoon and it's going to be 9.30 in the morning. And you're going to be so hungry and you're going to think time has stopped. This is incredible. I can't do this. This is nuts. But that's when the fast is working. That's when you will begin to understand what Jesus did and what he commanded that his disciples do in seasons of fasting and prayer. It's hunger that drives you. It's hunger that pushes you to the place that God has for you. It's hunger that compelled Jesus to fulfill the ministry that God had for him. And my point is this. I want God to give you such a spiritual greeling hormone, spiritual hunger for God that all through this fast there's a stirring. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. I need to worship. I need Jesus. I can't have another year like I had. I don't want to go through another year where I just kind of go through the motions of Christianity. I want to hunger for God. And I'm praying that spiritually there's a growl, there's a, there's a disturbing thing on the inside of you that says, I need God. I need God. My family needs God. I need to fast and I need to pray. I'm praying that that will become so real that you will reach a point that your spiritual life becomes as active as your snack life. I mean, your snack life, when that, when that hormone of hunger gets going, you're, you're always looking for some chips, looking for some salsa, looking for some almonds, looking for this, looking for that. I'm praying that your spiritual hunger for God is as active as your hunger for snacks. When you don't pray, you get just as miserable as you feel when you haven't eaten. And it begins to grip you at some point. This, this, this fun thing, this thing, if you start out with, with the motive, when I need to lose a few little pounds and so I'm going to go, I promise you that's going to wear off real quick and your mind will tell you there's a whole lot of easier ways to lose weight than this. But when it does, that's when all of the distractions are being cleared away and Jesus is becoming real if you'll let him in your life in a powerful new way. And that, that, that annoying, gnawing hunger that we get when we don't eat physical food, I'm telling you that now you're going to have that same gnawing in the spiritual dimension for spiritual food. And I pray that somebody says, I want a spiritual hunger to grip me. 
I want to ask you a question. Are you hungry after God? Are you willing to say in 2020, I'm not willing to live this year like I did with some things last year. I'm not willing to sit here and just go through the motions because I'm hungry. And fasting is hungering for God. All along in our journey, we need to show God that we hunger for Him. Nothing else can satisfy. The book of 2 Kings 7, there's the story. And the Bible said that the city was completely surrounded and Israel had been cut off and all the inhabitants were under siege. It was such a crisis that they had run out of food. The rations were gone and they were in a dire, dire condition. They became so desperate because they didn't have anything to eat. They became so hungry that the Bible said things that would have been unacceptable for consumption, now they're fighting over. They're so hungry that they're fighting over things that normally they would never even consume and eat. For example, the Bible said the people in this city became so hungry that for 80 pieces of silver, you could buy a donkey's head and they would peel the skin off of the donkey's head and cook it. And that was how desperate they were to have anything to eat. And if that wasn't bad enough, the Bible gave another example and it said the people were so hungry that for five pieces of silver, you could buy a cup of dove's dung, dove's waste. You see, when you're hungry, if you don't consume the right things with, to feel that hunger, then you will begin to feed on things you never said you would consume. I believe with all of my heart, if you don't direct your spiritual hunger in seasons to feed and hunger after spiritual things, that those those hungers that if you don't direct them toward God and the word and worship and a greater relationship with Jesus, then those hungers will direct you to the wrong things. And you'll begin to feed on things on the internet and you'll begin to feed on things that are carnal, that begin to leave your soul lean and empty and you're, and you're drying up and spiritually it's been so long since you had a touch of Jesus because you're feeding only the carnal things and it's really a God hunger that's crying out come back to me come and seek me in fasting and in prayer and draw near to me and I'll draw near to you but we don't take time to ever feed our hunger for God and when we try to substitute junk food donkeys heads and doves dung I believe that if you do not address that spiritual hunger for more of God, you will start filling it with more and more. And we try so desperately to feel what only God can feel. And it's another thing, another trip, another entertainment, another distraction, another let's go to the game, let's go to the lake, let's go to the beach, let's go to the mountains, let's try this, let me get that house, let me get that car, let me try this new project. And we keep trying to feel the God hunger, but there is a 
gnawing and a grumbling inside that says nothing can make the need of God in your life but seeking Him. And when He comes, when you seek Him first, then all of these things are added unto you. The lepers in the Bible said that there were lepers outside of that city. In other words, they were outcasts. They were, I mean, it's bad to be inside the city, literally, where people are buying and eating donkeys' heads and doves' dung. And these guys were even more desperate because they were lepers and that disease would cause literal parts of your body to fall off. And, and, and spiritually speaking, their life was falling to pieces. They were outcasts. They were told you're not even important enough to be on the inside of the rest of us. And I felt the Lord spoke to me as I was preparing this little sermon and he said to tell some people that you don't dare let the devil tell you that you're unimportant. You don't dare let the enemy tell you that you don't matter. You don't dare let the enemy tell you that you are to sit there and just die because sometimes the least likely people are the most hungry people. Sometimes the people who are most disadvantaged and overlooked and said, you're not pretty enough, you're not talented enough, you're not gifted enough, but boy, if they've got hunger, look out. Because hunger can do for you what talent and gifting cannot do for you. In the story I'm preaching, there were four lepers outside the wall. They were outcast and their life was falling to pieces but they were hungry so hungry that they said I can't they asked this question why sit here until we die see the only thing that will move you out of your comfort zone out of complacency into the, the things that only God can do for you, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. He said, the only thing that will get you there is hunger. The only thing that lifted them out of their self-pity was hunger. The only thing that lifted them out of their excuses, we might as well, nobody else is doing anything. We're all dying, so we'll die here together. The only thing that pushed them was hunger. The only thing that caused them to begin to move toward their destiny and a brighter day was hunger. And hunger will drive you and push you. And, and fasting is hungering for God. The Bible said that there were four of them. And I think probably one of them was sitting there and he had tacos on his mind. One was sitting there and he had fried chicken on his mind. And one was sitting there and he had Krispy Kreme donuts on his mind. But one stood up and said, I can't sit here. I can't have another year like I had. We're dying. We're dying. Why sit here until we die? And, and then I want them to throw up what they threw up in the last verse because, because he begins this reason. And listen to his reasoning. He says, you know, if we enter the city, he'll keep us alive and we'll live. But if they kill us, we'll die. Now listen to this thinking. Listen to this. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, 
This guy was a college graduate, I'm sure. We shall live. If they kill us, we shall die. That's brilliant, isn't it? But why sit here until we die? That hunger began to drive them. He began to hunger and he said, there's got to be more. And it was the hunger that began to move him toward the direction of the plan and the purpose and the miracle that God had for him. And I believe with all of my heart that there are things that God will do for people when they hunger for him. When they fast and they pray, fasting is hungering for God. And when you begin to hunger for God, suddenly you move up out of the challenges and the comfort zone and you move up out of self-pity and up out of depression and hopelessness and the hunger began to move and they begin to take steps, four of them, toward the enemy's camp. Things even got more desperate inside the walls of that city so much so that the Bible gives one more astonishing description. They became so hungry that the Bible said they begin to boil and eat their own babies, their own flesh and blood and make bargains and say, we eat your child today. We eat my child tomorrow. This sounds, see, we don't understand hunger. We don't understand hunger. I'm talking about people who were so desperate that with hunger. And what I want you to understand about that is, is that when people do not feel the spiritual hunger for God with spiritual things in homes, in families, in marriages, when they only feed on donkeys' heads and doves' dung and carnality and think that's enough to hold your marriage and bless your family. When you only feed on carnal things and you don't feed spiritual hunger for God with a hunger for God, then guess what? You start turning on one another. You start devouring one another. You start attacking one another. And the enemy comes and divides families and divides homes. And it's really a sign of a growl for somebody who needs to begin to consume spiritual appetite and get a hunger for God that changes our attitude, that opens our eyes to, to, to the bigger things, not just devouring one another. It drives you. And at some point, the spiritual desperation and hunger, the man said, I cannot sit here until I die. I'm praying that somebody will hear me preaching that will say, I cannot have another year like I had. I cannot sit in this addiction for another 12 months. I refuse to live like this again. Something's got to give. I'm desperate and I've got a hunger for God that only God can fix and God can fulfill and God can do in my family and in my home. The Bible said in Lamentations 4 and verse 9, to be slain with the sword is better to, than to be slain with hunger. One translation said it's better to go down fighting than to sit there and die. For good or bad, hunger drives you. Esau came home from a hunting trip in the Bible. And the Bible said he was so hungry that he was almost home. But his brother Jacob came out and he said, listen, 
I'll offer you a bowl of beans, spiritual hunger, but I'll offer you a bowl of beans if you'll give me the birthright. And in a moment of weakness, because he did not feed the hunger for God, he tried to put carnal things in for the hunger of God. And that's why fasting is so important. That's why it's not for people all around you, but it's not for you. This is for you, sir. This is for you, dad. This is for you, business person. This is for you, college student. This is for you. God says there are things that hunger will take you to that you will never reach until you hunger for me because I have it all. I am the one who lifts one up and pulls another down. I am the one. And you know what he promised in Matthew 5? They that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. The Bible said that Esau lost his birthright because he fed that real hunger with donkey's head, so to speak, and dove's dung instead of a hunger for God. I close with this thought. What got the prodigal son out of the pig pen? What made him come back home to the father? What was it? It wasn't the smell of the stench. It wasn't the disappointment of the friends who abandoned him after he had spent all of his money. It wasn't the filth that he was living in. None of those things got him on the path back to the father's house. It was one thing that brought him back to the father. In Luke 15 in verse 17, he asked a question. How many of my father's servants have bread enough to spare? Listen, and I perish with hunger. The thing that drove the prodigal son up and out of the pig pen and the filth back to the beauty and the love and the grace of the father's house. He said it himself. I am hungry. It's hunger that will cause prodigal sons and daughters when somebody is fasting for them, hunger will wake them up in the pig pen. Hunger will wake them up in their addictions. Hunger will wake up the backslider. And if they won't fast for themselves, when we begin to fast, when we begin to pray for our families, for our sons, for our daughters, when we do that, God says, I will use hunger as the force that drives and pushes them on to the path back to the father's house when nothing else works pleading and trouble with the law and all kinds of things and all kinds of ramifications of that life when nothing else works Jesus put it like this in Mark chapter 9 this kind cometh not out but by fasting and prayer there are some of our family members, our friends, our associates, people that you work with, people that you do life with, and they're lost and they're on their way to hell. And the only thing that's going to get them out of the muck and the mire and on the path back to the Father's house is hunger. 
And fasting is hungering for God. And when a church with thousands and thousands of people here and by internet and at all of our campuses comes together and my stomach's growling at 1 a.m., but your stomach is growling at 2 a.m., and somebody else has a growl going on, and it's like a total irritant to the devil and demons. And they say, the scripture said, this kind of spirit will only loose and release its grip on people when people are fasting and praying. And when I woke up this morning, I didn't need an illustration. I didn't think, I don't, I'm not that smart to think like this. But when I woke up this morning, I thought of one person, a name came to me. And when I can remember your name and I don't see you a lot, that's a, that's a miracle from God. Trust me. That's a sign some fasting and prayers going on. Because this is what God will do. Because he's got us hungry for him. And he says, hunger's going to drive those and this, this young man is not living for the Lord. I might see him once a month. And the Lord, this morning, first thing when I got in the car and started coming over and got up, really, I heard his name in my spirit. And I spoke his name under my breath. And the Lord said, you don't know what I'm going to do. And when we began to pray and fast, hunger, will drive them home. Hunger will heal families. We need to quit devouring one another and hunger for God and He'll fix our attitudes and fix our words and fix our anger and fix our bitterness and our unforgiveness when we stop consuming one another and we start consuming Him. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands toward heaven. And I'm going to ask you to say, Lord, I really want you to awaken something in me that growls and groans and gnaws at me. That just like, just like I, 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 I crave those foods, I want to crave your word. I want to crave seasons of prayer where I get broken and tears flow down my face. And there are people who are backslid and there are people who are lost and there are people who are searching and seeking and there are people who have been saying, I can't live another year. Why sit here until I die? Why just let things fall to pieces? It doesn't have to be that way. You can run to Him this morning. You can come home. We've already been hungering for you so that this would be the year that Jesus becomes so real to you that everything changes. And there are people who are lost. There are people in this room and at all of our campuses who are searching and you're saying something is missing and you've tried to feed the spiritual hunger with donkey's heads and dove's dung and it's left you so empty. It's time to come home this morning. This is the year that Jesus wants to be Lord of your life and your family and your home. And if you'll surrender to Him, this will be the greatest move of God you've ever been in for the next 21 days.
What a day to get saved. What a day to get right with God. What a day if you're backslidden to come back and repent and humble yourself. And you're just like those lepers. You can stand there and die or you can step out. And God says, when you start moving, I'll start working. The moment you move toward God, he's a motion sensitive God. And the moment you move, he starts working. All over this room, if you would say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not right with God, but I can't go through another year feeling this distance, feeling so far. I want to be right with God. I want to get saved. I want to know that I'm right with God. Would you pray for me? I want to get right with God. If that's you, boldly raise your hand right where you're standing. I want to see it all over this room. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yes, yes, yes. At every campus, raise it high and hold it up. Hold it up. No shame in it. What you're saying is, I refuse to sit here. And hunger is moving you. You know there's more. You know there's got to be more to life than what you've been existing on, consuming. Every one of you that raised your hand, if you want to bring somebody with you, you can. But if you raise your hand, get out of your seat. See, this is the lepers getting up now and they're taking the first step. Get out of your seat and come. Get out of your seat and come. It takes courage. You got to get up out of the self-pity. You got to get up out of the discouragement. You got to get up out of the addiction. You got to get up out of the fear. Hunger, hunger will push you past your fear. Hunger will push you past your, they were afraid to go to the enemy's camp, but, but, but hunger pushed them past their fear. Get past your fear. Come on, 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 come on. Here they come. Clap your hands. I need somebody to get in this battle with me because something's happening right now. That's it. Come on. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. We reek with pride. We strut with arrogance. We have a humanistic haughtiness that needs to be broken where we say, I need a Savior. I need Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And they're still coming. They're still coming. That's it. Sing it now. They're still coming. Throw your hands up in worship. That's you. Come on. If the Lord's calling you to this altar, come on. There's room at the cross for you. Come on. a prayer. I'm hungry for you. When I feel miserable, I feel defeated. When I hit the lows, let it be a prayer. I'm hungry for you. When I feel like quitting, let it be a prayer. I'm hungry for you. And I won't let go until you bless me and my family. Tell you God will not turn away that kind of hunger. Never. That's it. Worship Him. Worship Him all over this room. Call Him that in your life. Call Him that in a new year. That is who you are. Whoa. Even when I don't see it, you 
we're going to pray this prayer. Every one of you who have come forward have just made the greatest decision of your life. No question about it. You've made the greatest decision of your life. There's nothing you've done that Jesus can't forgive. And here's the beautiful thing. And I know I'm, but I need to do this. When we say in Matthew 6 and quote, seek first the kingdom of God, you need to understand something. When you're lost, when you're away from God, God seeks you. That's why you're standing here. He sought you out of all these people and brought you down here by His Spirit. So when you're lost, God seeks you. But watch this. After you get saved, God says, now it's your turn to seek me. In seasons of your life, I want you to hunger for me and seek me. And there's no greater season, according to Matthew 6, seek first, meaning early in a new year, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things, dreams and direction and protection and blessing wisdom, favor, all of these other things will be added to you when you seek me first. He sought you, now seek him. So let, right now, let's pray this prayer. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you are God and you died on the cross and you rose three days later and you have the power to save you have the power to deliver and because you hungered when you fasted i'm on the path and i'm coming back home to the father i receive this forgiveness i receive a new life and i receive this new year it is blessed because jesus is with me and I am forgiven. Wash me in the immaculate blood of Jesus Christ. I am forgiven. Now give the Lord the biggest praise that you can. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.